0: Hey guys, I'm Jonathan Hilliard from Connex Media and host of Atlanta Born & Brand. We understand that many of you are struggling, and we want to help the community of business owners that we have grown to know and love over the last two years. Right now, we're all in a season of uncertainty with the virus, and the small businesses in our community need your support more than ever. Today, we're going to spotlight Scott Fuller of The Studio Temporary. We first spoke with Scott back in episode four of season one. And heard how he uses his graphic design skills to help businesses create an identity that will take their brand to the next level he's also the designer of the atlanta born and brand identity and Lyft atl 2020 mark as well here are a few ways you can help scott right now work most of his projects are currently on hold if you or anyone you know is in need of some killer graphic design work reach out to him You can also check out the Studio Temporary online shop for new merch and new typefaces. Lastly, Scott will be running some online workshops and virtual talks, so stay on the lookout for those. You can follow him on social media at Studio Temporary or head to the website, www.thestudiotemporary.com. If you know of a small business in need of help at this time, please share their story with us. Use the hashtag LiftATL2020. We are building a database of social media posts, graphics, and audio clips for you to download, share, and use how you see fit. We hope all of you will latch onto this cause and share the needs of those in our community. For more information, visit liftatl2020.com. From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. steady mom-and-pop barbecue joint to the red-hot tech startups that are making huge waves. Atlanta is full of brands and small businesses that got their start and are thriving right here in the ATL. So naturally, I've been wondering, how did they get there? What tips and tricks or marketing strategies do they use to keep growing? But more importantly, we want to get to know some of these founders and entrepreneurs. We want to hear their stories and share it with the communities they call home. So that brings us here. Atlanta Born & Brand is a show all about those businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. And it's a show about their founders, their challenges and successes, and how they built a brand that will last. One of the building blocks of a standout brand is a great logo, or better yet, a great identity. An identity is Scott Fuller's specialty. As owner of the studio Temporary, Fuller uses his graphic design talents to help other businesses create a look and feel that will help push their brand to the next level. Now, you and I have already connected on a number of fronts, but I think the most powerful one is... Where we enjoy eating breakfast. Agreed. And a- agreed. Another Atlanta staple, by the Chick-fil-A. way. Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Gotta love it. <laughs> You've been to the Dwarf House, I assume. I actually worked at a Dwarf House
1: for three years. Wow. In uh, in high school. Nice. So, or uh, high school and into college. Um, nice. It was uh, one of the first ones down in uh, Noonan, where I grew up. Noonan. Yeah, Noonan. I did everything from <clears throat> everything from waiter to busting tables to you know making sandwiches back in the kitchen yeah. to. You know, I, honestly, I think out of all of that, like, the way, the waiter, being a waiter and everything was kind of cool, but honestly, I just enjoyed being back in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, you eh. and me both. I actually eh. worked at Chick-fil-A for a year. Hey. There we go. So, there you go. Uh, Chick-fil-A, great Atlanta brand to, to get the podcast started off with. But, there you uh, go. So, you grew up in Noonan. I did. Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, gr- what it was like growing up in, you know, I guess people consider Noonan Metro Atlanta now. I don't know that we would have necessarily no. said that when we no. were when we were coming up.
1: Oh, not even close, not even close. Um I remember when um <clears throat> when it was announced we were getting the Olympics. Uh, I remember um back in 92 91 92 that's when everything really started to change in and We got our a Super Walmart, mm, right? And big a Home time. Depot and a Lowe's and you know all these different restaurants and everything, and it was um, it was amazing. I remember just seeing how and, and now, man, if I if I'd have told you what that place looked like back in you know back in the early '90s, you wouldn't believe me. Right. That place is just thriving now. But one of the things that I always loved about Noonan and uh, is you can still go to the old you know kind of historic downtown, and it's still right. bustling. It's still um, just as active, if not more, than it was awesome. then. And for me, that's a big deal because that that's where i come from you know i don't come from a big town come from a small town um you asked what it was like uh growing up there and i would have to use the word uh quiet (laughs) it was pretty quiet (laughs) um i came into atlanta a decent amount you know as a teenager and, and and whatnot but i always enjoyed and this might sound kind of bad but i always enjoyed going there and doing stuff, but I always enjoyed living just outside yeah. of that, just kind of, just kind of away from it a little bit, right. you know, but, <clears throat> you know, when I'm here, when I'm here in Atlanta, you know, I'm, I'm here, especially downtown for me, that's just, yeah. there's little parts and parcels of the city where I can go and I still feel like I'm in, ho- in my own hometown, you know, you, there's still the little, the little dives and hole in the wall places where, People know your order, know your name. Yeah, you can walk in and joke with them, and nobody's going to get mad at you. You know, <clears throat> um, you go over to Broad Street, and you know you got a uh, got Claudia over there at Rubens. You know, and yep. yeah, it's just it, it's fantastic, and I really enjoy that kind of within the downtown
0: area. There's still this little piece that just kind of feels like home to me. The city of Atlanta, I would say, is maybe doing this a little bit more than some some other places Um, we're starting to to build a sense of identity and brand Mm -hmm. around the places that we live Um, that that mirror you know what some of the the big time you know retail brands uh, have done to become successful and it's cool to see Atlanta starting to you know, whether it's the Beltline or uh, what's going on with Atlanta United. We're oh, starting that was to, fantastic. We're starting to really kind of, you know, build a new identity for this city and, and the it's, way things are going.
1: It's so funny because everybody wants to be a part of Atlanta, even if they don't live there. Right. It's so funny. You'll, you'll have somebody. Nobody is ever from Atlanta. Hmm. You know, you say, where are you from? Or, or where are you from? Oh, I'm out of Atlanta. Well, actually, I'm in, I'm in Duluth. Yeah. Right? And, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not. And everybody, everybody that I talk right. to, it's really funny. But we all want, we all want to be a part of it, sure. you know. Which, which is really, really cool. Sure. You know. So you know, people ask me, it's like, oh, well, my studio's here, and I live here. Yeah. You know. But uh, you know, I'm considered, you know, my my studio and everything. I'm considered an Atlanta brand. Yeah. Which is, you know, which was, you know, never it was it was not necessarily never my intention but it was just kind of a happy a happy coincidence that sure. i happened to be here and doing some of the work that i was doing mm-hmm. and then you know to be able to get that out and now it's seen as it's part of atlanta it's yeah. part of the it's a, part of the culture a little bit and right. now to even get hired because people Believe that you know when I design something like that, especially around the city, that I actually have a decent grasp on what is actually happening. Right. and it's it's really kind of cool like that. Yeah. So when people say, you know, what's your studio, Atlanta? Yeah, and with no
0: qualifiers that's after right. that. <laughs> that's right. right. Scott hasn't always been a creative entrepreneur. He had several jobs early in his career, but a tough experience just a few years ago led him to take his career path into his own hands. Well, I got laid off back in 2015 and
1: I've, I've had different things like that. The economy was kind of rough so I'd be somewhere for a year, a year and a half or something and then they'd go through a massive uh, bid and it was, you know, whether it was you know last one hired, first one, you know, first one gone or something yeah. like that. Um, And that was basically what happened with with my last bit. Well, I was already – I had already been known. Nobody knew I had a full-time job. Everybody thought I was just running the studio full-time. You know, and I didn't – I wasn't going to say anything different. Um, And I was getting a pretty decent amount of work. But when I walked out of that job, you know, I'm sitting there in the car and I'm talking to my wife afterwards. And she and I had the – we're of the same mindset. And we said basically – I'm sick and tired of no matter how good work I do, no matter what I put into something, in the end I have no control over hmm. what I, over what happens to to me. Yeah. So she said, "If you're going to go out full time, do it now." She said because I'm I'm just as sick and tired of you as having to go through this every couple of years. Yeah. So my mindset was you know yeah this is going to be crazy and it's going to be nuts and it's going to be difficult but i get to i get to choose i get to you know as much as i can you eat what you hunt exactly yeah and i'm a hunter you know no doubt uh you know i took one of those uh personality tests you know a long time ago and i came up with uh it was a trailblazer was Mm. my um uh you know that was my score. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to go get it. And I'm going to work till all hours of the night. I will, right. you know, I'll do whatever it takes. And that was uh, a little over three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it's all been easy because it hasn't. The first six yeah. months were horrendous. Oh, man. And right they're with you. Oh uh, yeah. But we made it through. Yeah. You know, Lord blessed. And then, uh, I haven't had a slow point in, Good night. two and a half plus years mm. it's been incredible there's been yeah. no downtime, it's and awesome. i love it you know yeah. i had to do a waiting list for the first time this year i'm this close to having to do another one yeah you know and uh t- a couple years ago i would have been like no oh. i'll just take it all on i'll take it all on because they're gonna they're gonna go away and they're, they're gonna right. go find somebody else but right. you know i figured out a way you know to make that not so scary and it worked yeah and uh you know the fact that people are willing to wait just a little longer to work with me is is it's mind-blowing um but you know i put in the work you know you get you get out of this industry exactly what you put into it
0: right it's just something i've
1: always lived by
0: let's talk about what it is that you do uh obviously you know brand identity design that's that's how you make your hay tell me mm-hmm. how uh, how life kind of threw you in that direction and got you started that way
1: i mean even as a even as a kid i enjoyed putting my own spin on things when you know but at the, at the time i didn't even know what design was until i got into college i didn't know that there were legends of design i didn't know that there were you know fads and trends and everything i didn't know that uh you know, the big agencies, the small agencies, the, you know, the screen printing shops, the illustration, and the type design, and all this kind of stuff. I didn't even know that existed. I did it as a kid, but I didn't know what to call it. Yeah. Um, but I always enjoyed putting my own spin on things. And uh, I remember my first project in my first ever design class, which was about my second year in college, I started out in fine arts, um, and I where'd just, you go to school by the way? Uh, PCC in Florida. Oh, okay. I went uh, originally. <laughs> it's actually a bit of a bit of a little bit of a roundabout. When I was in high school, I did uh, trigonometry, physics, calculus, that type of stuff. Yeah. And I had actually declared my major for college to be mechanical engineering. <laughs> my dad's a machinist. Um, I grew up around that kind of industrial bit yeah. ever since I was you know ever since I was a kid. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do. But I always was doing something else on the side. And generally, that's what it was, was some type of art design. Yeah. So I went to school and visited. And I spent a few minutes in the engineering department. And then I spent the rest of the time in the art department. Yeah. And I realized that <clears throat> while this was all still very cool, it just wasn't for me. Now, the fun thing is, is I was able to bring a lot of the same thought process, a lot of the same way of thinking about you know, that engineering and the mathematics and right. geometry and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm able to bring a lot of that into what I currently do, sure. which is another rabbit trail. But um, I remember the first thing I got to do in um, our first assignment in that class was, was a logo design, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks struggled with it. Like, really struggled with it, you know, it was just, you know, but I was able to, I, I jumped in there and I just latched on and I was, yeah. yeah, this is, this is for me.
0: And that's kind of your bread and butter to this day, Yeah, right?
1: I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's one of the things that I'm most known for is, is yeah. identity design. And for me, it is very much, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, if I can, the the simplest way to express, you know. Mm-hmm who you are, what you do, and give you a nice, I mean, a logo in and of itself is is just a vessel, and, you know, it gets filled over time with, sure. um, you know, with what that brand does or doesn't do or the way the consumer, you know, a client ends up thinking or um, yeah. consumers end up thinking about it, but um, it needs to be simple, uh, it needs to be, um, and it needs to be memorable for sure, you know, can you, uh, like if I were to mention a logo or something like that, can you draw it? You know, there's a good litmus test right there, yeah. you know, and it has to be, it has to be appropriate for, you know, appropriate for the industry and appropriate to, you know, to do what you're trying to do. It's not about a a, a trend. It's not about a style. Uh, it really is about accomplishing the goal that it was, that it was built for. Mm-hmm. And once again, that kind of comes back to the some of the machining as well. You know, we couldn't just take creative license on a, a very specific piece. Right. You know, now we could make it look amazing and make sure it was polished and beautiful and everything. But there were certain things that had to be in place. And I feel like for me, it's the same way with identity design.
0: That's, uh, you know, you kind of took my next question of what goes into... Uh, you know a sh- building a strong identity or a strong logo and you, you touched on a lot of those things what are uh, what are some of that you didn't design now what are some of your favorite um, pieces of identity or logos oh, out there it changes it yeah. changes
1: from day to day because there's so much just beautiful beautiful stuff out there um, things that are being designed now things that have been designed 40 50 60 years ago yeah. Um we're gonna go Atlanta-based. Um, the Atlanta Flames logo, mm-hmm. they old, uh, our old hockey team, still one of the most beautiful sports logos in my mind. Yep. Um, I've loved the old Southern Bell, um, Montreal. The what is it? The Montreal Olympics, uh, the seventy-two Olympics. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful identity. Um, what is it? The World Football League from the seventies was incredible. Bicentennial yeah. logo. Um, what is it? Um, the CSX logo on, a, on, on the trains. I mean, it's clean, basically...
0: Clean, simple, and memorable.
1: It's three pieces of type. Yeah. Three characters. That's it. But that, but the colors, the way it was presented consistently... I mean, yeah. it's basically even presented the same now as it was when I was four and five years old. Right. But that'll always be kind of my first love because sure. that's what really got me into this idea of design. Um, you know, if you go up and you look in my... Uh, <laughs> You go up and you look at my studio, man. I've got stuff from every single era that yeah. I collect and, and just kind of just enjoy and, yeah. and take in. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. But uh, those are a, those are just a few. I yeah, could I could no, go on, are, and, on and on plus. and on and <laughs> on.
0: I want, I want to get your take on something. We're living in an era right now that retro seems to be a very popular thing. Right. And I have a theory on that. You were just talking about simplicity in Mm -hmm. design. And I think, you know, some of the, especially in in sports, in a a world I'm familiar with, the logos that were designed in the 60s and the 70s, most of the time were very simplistic logos. You think about the Hawks, Mm -hmm. you know, the pack logo. Yeah, and they brought it back. It, It went away design in, you know as we were growing up in the late 80s and 90s got very convoluted you know I kind of refer to it as the dark age you know it, the the colors got weird yeah the uh, some of the it was got, some know. of it was
1: weird some of it was just you know now you look at it and it's like I, I can't imagine yeah it without there like I love now, there are some. Like, the Mavericks have never really had a great one. Like, if we're talking NBA now, right. you know, or uh, the Timberwolves were a little interesting. Like, their identity now, it looks like they have, like, a millennial wolf. I right. mean, it's just it's just kind of weird. But then you look at the Pistons. You have, they had, like the, like, the bad boys or whatever from the, right. the 80s and the... In the early, in the like the very early '90s, and then all of a sudden you've got like a horse with like an engine and flames, and flames and for the main Yeah, that was. Now bizarre. part of me, part of me was like, okay, they went from this to that, but at the same time, I look at that and I'm like, there, there's something kind of cool to that. But then when yeah. they returned to, you know, what the team was really known for, you know, sure. some folks did it right, hmm. some folks. Not quite, Yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, let me, I'm sorry,
1: please finish your question, I'm no, sorry. No, no,
0: no, you're going right where I wanted, uh, kind of what what, what do you attribute kind of this uh, homage to, to retro design that we're kind of living through? I think when
1: it started back to kind of the, you know, flat design and everything that you would see, we went from, you know, uh, icons that were uh, like for the context, something like that, it actually looked like a piece of leather, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget the, it's like a $4 word to uh, describe what that was, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but basically, with when things start getting simpler and, you know, different trends and everything that come and go, people want something simple. They don't want something that's, you know, going to take a lot of time to digest. Plus, now, you know, back in the early days, it was how will this thing fax? You know, and now it's, <laughs> it's you know, how will this look on yeah. a Twitter, as a Twitter icon? Hmm. Or how would it look as a, you know, the little favicon or whatever on the, on the web, you know, up in your, um, your web browser. Yeah. Or as an Instagram or something like that. And they have to work within just a, you know, within just a small amount of pixels now. So that simplicity, you know, will will kind of come that way. As far as the retro goes, I think that, you know with my work i don't look at what i do as retro um, i think that there are i think that there are for me there's a way to really really think about it an identity and it comes from that kind of golden era of design yeah but the building blocks of that era are still just phenomenal to me when it sure. comes to design so good clean wanna, design
0: is good clean design yeah. Yeah.
1: so do you want to call is that old school maybe is it retro no nah, not really yeah you know as far as the retro goes you know i was actually talking with a buddy of mine about this yesterday you know people put half tones or they put all these different things or wood and you know they put this in there but sometimes there's not a real understanding of why it was done to begin with or you know, what the actual reason for it was, you know, when it when there was an And I'm not saying you have to be a history major to be a designer, sure. but I think understanding, you know, how and why it was originally done, for me, was essential. Yeah. You know, I can take, I don't use a lot of that type of stuff in what I do, but if you give me a, a square, a circle, and a triangle, hmm. I can create some killer logos just using those couple of shapes, right. you know.
0: It almost feels like as technology advanced people got more detailed and noisy mm-hmm. in design because they could.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Nowadays you can. You know, the yeah. the color you know, certain colors and different things like that aren't as difficult to to do anymore because right. a lot of this stuff is gonna be live is never gonna see paper sure it's gonna live on the web you can put it on the website and you can do all kind of crazy stuff with it then you got your animation and everything like that I mean there's a ton of amazing things that you can do with it these days that even 10 years ago you couldn't do right so there is that but in the end you know still being able to come back to a very you know to a simple form a simple memorable form especially with identity design is always gonna be key
0: yeah yeah so, uh, so we're here in, in Switchyards mm-hmm. in, a, uh, in a B2C startup hub in Atlanta. So I'm sure you get approached often by early stage startups who are, who are really diving in deep to brand and design uh, for their businesses. Mm-hmm. What, what is the most valuable input or inv- advice you can give them as they're trying to set that identity or set that brand i
1: think um you know thinking about that identity and that brand before you start building (laughs) a lot of your uh, hardware or a lot of the you know the back end or whatever this thing because i've had people come to me and, you know, we built this thing, we built that, and then, oh, we just need to throw a logo on there. And it's kind of, as my dad would say, it's kind of bass awkward, you know, <laughs> thinking, you know, knowing yeah. a little bit about who you are and what you're trying to do and starting with that at the beginning is, is key because I've had people that I've, you know, built stuff for that have had to turn around or redesign mm-hmm. what they've already spent so long on because now it doesn't it doesn't fit and it's not you know out of lack of a communication either one of our part it's just they realized this is who they were but they didn't take as much time to think about it at the beginning so a lot of times in in startups you'll see you'll see somebody come out with a the product or something with the kind of very basic looking identity and then a year later or something they'll actually you know they'll have a brand new logo yeah you know whereas they could have had that at the beginning right you know I think that consistency I think really thinking about that and you know maybe this is just coming from you know from my point of view but I think that thinking about that from the very beginning uh, is incredibly essential to the overall success
0: of your um, of your brand
1: of your product
0: let's talk about uh, your business and your brand and how that kind of came to be studio studio temporary you have a very uh, clean and simple logo mm-hmm. how did you come about the name and, and how did you go about designing your first logo
1: um the name came uh back in 2002 january of 2012 i'm sitting in the back of an old sign shop in the middle of downtown atlanta um i had a, it was just a couple minutes walking distance from where my wife and i were living at the time this old sign painter just let me use his his uh, his back studio whenever he wasn't there just to you know just to work and get away and, and whatnot so i'd spend most nights there uh my first night there i called the, i called that location i called it the studio temporary just as a joke three months later i read an article by a designer by the name of alan fletcher and he was asked what's the most important tool in your studio and, and this guy's a legend in design uh, he passed away back in 2008, and this was one of his last interviews. But he was asked, you know, what's the most important tool in your studio? And his answer was, it was my head. So after sitting there, I remember going back to the studio that night, and I just I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't think about what I was working on. I pulled I pulled that name back up and wrote it down, and it hit, the idea hit me. Oh, here's my tagline, and it has been my tagline for the last six and a half years. Good design, wherever I happen to be, uh, because you know I am. You know I am where I am. You know right. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a one I'm a one man shop for now, mm-hmm. and um, you know there's no there's no location that I can't do what I do because you know I got my head right. And then That's as far as tool. the yeah. and then as far as the logo design, um, you know I started. It can go nuts. It started out as just like a TST kind of a thing, yeah. um, and then uh, I was playing the game uh, idea. I was playing uh, Sorry, the game, board game Sorry. I used to play it at my grandmother's house all the time. And I love those little, like, the starting and like, the little slide thing. You have to get – you guys to, you guys have to check this out. Oh, yeah. But um, I started thinking about, like, a start line and a finish line and then just kind of the ups and downs, and then that's where the TST kind of came <laughs> from. Uh, just simple, bold. Um, and then I picked my co- – picked yellow and red as my colors. You know, not red and yellow. Yeah. Red and yellow are going to be McDonald's always. So you got (laughs) to do yellow and red.
0: And how'd you go about uh, starting to grow your business?
1: Um, a couple of different ways. I mean, I was working a full time job when I, um, when I was still taking on freelance clients and and whatnot like that. So, uh, while I was doing that on the side, I, sometimes I'd make uh, posters of my own and, uh, you know, give those out or sell them if I could. Um, I would uh I would cold call hmm. all the time. A couple times a week. Uh you know, when I was in the full time and then when I when I left, um I had a pretty decent client list, hmm. you know, folks that I was working with. But then when you leave, it's like all right, now I got to really get right. this thing going, so the networking and the you know, uh, what is it? The cold calling. You know, when Instagram came out with direct message, that was fantastic for me. Big day. I get a, I get quite an uh, amazing amount of work um, just off of Instagram. Wow. Even now, um, that's how you and I connected. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, I'm now right now. Uh, I just signed the Atlanta Hawks as a client a couple weeks ago. They found me through Instagram. Hmm. So, for me, that's been a fantastic um, tool. Yeah. Um, for me as well, but. For me, it's very much about a face-to-face because I am, my work, my the way I talk to people and everything, I am the face of my brand. Right. Um, a difficult face to look at from time to time, but I am very much the face of my brand. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, well covered, though. Yeah, you know, it's plenty well of covered. beard. That's yeah. why I have the beard. But, um, <laughs> you know, to... To be able to get out of there and put yourself in front of people, not just your work, but your personality as well, I think is uh, incredibly key, so that way people know who they're
0: working with. We want to take a minute to talk to one specific group of young artists and entrepreneurs. If you're from Atlanta and are a musician or know a great one, we want to hear from you. It takes a lot of music to produce an audio-only show, and we would love nothing more than to fill this program with local artists. Of course, you’d get your name on the end of the show as well. If you’re interested, drop us a line to info at atlborn.com. That’s info at com. Recently, Scott took on a new project, one that you might be familiar with. Another Atlanta-based entrepreneur had an idea for a new podcast, and he came to Scott to help build out the look that would create the show’s identity.
1: So first of all, the name was just was killed. I mean, it was bold. It was just you know, it was right there. So, a lot of times, what can make a really good identity is the name. Some names uh, tend to lend themselves to to even better design. Um, I mean, Atlanta, born and brand. I mean, just just great. Just right, right on, right on cue. So, for me, the idea was all right. Do I just do something with Just the type, because I want, you know, I want this whole idea of you know, born and brand to really, really be put out there. But at the same time, this is when you go back and you look at where an identity is going to be used. You look at the usage factor. This is going to be small on a podcast screen. It's going to be a little, you know, emoji con or or favicon or you know, avatar or something like that. So. People aren't necessarily going to want to read that whole thing. The name its not long, but it also needs to be a quick read. So I said, okay, there's got to be some type of mark to this. So um, I started to delve into more of what makes Atlanta... Atlanta what really seems to work the, the the symbolism of the city the symbolism of this you know born and brand kind of thing this this power it's it's more than just a, a, a word it's a, a feeling it becomes part of the culture of the city it becomes part of the uh, um, almost the lifestyle of the city and to find something that really really speaks to that um, and in an immediate, kind of uh, association with the city was uh that was really my uh the true problem i had to solve
0: so let's talk about the uh the icon that you ended up creating um obviously you know the a has become that iconic mm-hmm. um kind of element in in a lot of things um in, involved in atlanta mm-hmm. but what uh what was your thought process in, in taking just that letter and in creating a, a, an emblem or an icon that could really stand out? So there's something to be said about
1: using shapes or imagery that is uh, that's well known. That's that's you know that's used quite a bit. There's nothing wrong with using uh, familiar shapes. It's just how you use them. Mm-hmm. You know, a circle can be used you know a, a trillion different ways. But those ways are all different. But you know, at the same time, it's okay. This is still some type of a circle. It's very uh, easy to see. It's very easy. Very quick. It's very quick to digest. So with the A, uh, I, I knew that I figured it needed to be in there somewhere. Um, and then you know, there's a few ways you can look at this thing. I, I kind of looked at the idea of the the phoenix for. Uh, for this and I said okay is there a way to kind of merge the two because I've seen the phoenix, I've seen the A, I've seen the hawk and, and so on and so forth uh, But not really a merging of the two So I went in I started playing with the idea. It was built almost like a star, you know To just kind of start out with and then I started kind of chipping away at it Just like my dad used to do in his machine shop, you know chip away at a little piece knowing what the end having an idea of what the end goal is going to be but still kind of discovering it along the way so i kind of a lot of times i design by process of elimination you know i what does it mean i think i said it before you know minimalism is not the least amount of objects but just the right amount mm-hmm. so that was my idea is you know i've got to find just the right amount of, of objects to work with this um in the end uh, it was something that's going to stand out really well Um, as an icon Uh, for those of you who are watching this on uh, you know on iTunes or Spotify or wherever this thing's gonna be Mm -hmm. um, just take a look at it you know it's just right there black you know black background nice off-white color and everything but it looks really nice looks really sharp and it is very much this um, almost badge of honor you know born in brand I mean that sounds like that sounds like something that you'd wear with pride right Right. so I wanted something that you know that like I said would look more like a uh, you know almost like a honorable title it's like not only did you get to do this not only did you build your 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 business your startup your your uh, your identity here in the city but we're rewarding you for that so that was the overall uh, idea and concept behind that brand
0: I like that I like that And, and For me, you know, I'm a big sports guy, yeah. uh, and in growing up in the city, um, you know, I have family members who cheer for teams from all over the country, but I was the one person who, you no, know, regardless of how bad we were, cheered for all the local teams. Yeah. And when you think of Atlanta, there's something about that bird mm-hmm. uh, branding, whether it's the Hawks or That's the Falcons thing. or the Thrashers or the, the you know the the Phoenix that uh, is it just says Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, and, and I love that that's part of our identity now with, with Atlanta born and brand. I do wanna talk to you, um, you, know, you and I had a conversation about colors mm-hmm. beforehand, you asked me, are, are there colors that you absolutely are married to? And I told you no, I said I've used a lot of blue and black mm-hmm. but you went a different uh, route with the color scheme and I wanted to talk to you about what your, what your philosophy was in going that route. Once again, you're looking for you're looking
1: for something that relates back to Atlanta. Atlanta is very much a you know we it's a red and black kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a city. I mean, even uh, you know the Braves have more of the blue or whatnot, but there's still that red there. You look mm-hmm. at the hawks, you look at Atlanta United, you look at the Falcons. Right. I mean, it was always there. So for me,
0: even some great brands coca-cola yeah i mean i mean a, red, red
1: red in and of itself is is a phenomenal color um when used correctly and i'm not just saying this because i have a red beard you know or i'm a red <laughs> redheaded person i mean obviously i'm biased here but i feel for, for this particular thing but it had to be just the right shade it wasn't this brilliant bright smack you in the face it looked like a red that had kind of been around for a little while mm-hmm you know, and not just red and white and black, but this off, uh, almost like an eggshell, uh, almost a tan color to kind of offset it. Because once again, this is not some new thing, mm-hmm. you know? This looks like something that could have been designed, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. But it looks just as fresh today as it, as it would have back then, right? But we had with color, especially, you know, it has to look good in black and white, that's, that's a given. Any, hmm. one of the things, and this is something that I really take great pride in, you can look at any, not just logo that I designed, but any illustration that I've ever done for a t-shirt, a patch, anything like that, they can all work in one color no matter what. So if I, and it has to work that way. Same thing, especially with identity, which is one of the first things that a lot of students learn and one of the first things that I learned as well.
0: Helping startups create an identity is one thing, but working with an iconic brand in this city is completely different. And just recently, Scott landed a new client that may really send his career soaring to a new level. The
1: Atlanta Hawks uh, reached out just completely out of the blue. This would have been back in um, in August of this year. They, uh, they reached out, and uh, they asked, wait, no, 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 this would have been... Yeah, it would, have been, it would have been in August. They reached out the, right at the beginning of August this year, and they told me about this thing called the uh, NBA 2K League. The NBA started a sanctioned uh, 2K league, and they had initially uh, 16 teams in the league. Now, these weren't just any random, you know, esports, you know, gaming teams. Each one of these uh, original 16 teams were representative of existing NBA franchises. So, With most NBA teams, you'll have your your main NBA team. So we'll have the Atlanta Hawks. And then Atlanta also has a G League team, which is like a minor league team. And then now they have an eSports team, which will be treated uh, as part of the the franchise, which is really, really amazing. So since it's going to be part of the franchise, uh, they're going to have all 30 NBA teams represented, I believe, by the end of next season. Hmm. Uh, So the Hawks came to me. Uh, and this is kind of cool. They wanted an Atlanta-based designer to do this because with the gaming, uh, in the gaming world, you can exp- you're can you not limited as much uh, by, uh, you know, some of the bigger sponsors or the overall look and feel of an NBA uh, or a professional team or professional sporting, you know, the idea of how that's supposed to look. They want it to be edgy. They want it to be graphic and bold, which I love. Sure. So, um, they came to me and asked me. They hired me to design the uh, the identity for a Hawks Talent GC or Hawks Talent uh, Gaming Club. Um, not only did I design that, but I also designed the uniforms and the court design that'll be rendered uh, within the game. Uh, we'll have merchandise that'll come out here in the next couple of months. Uh, I'm assuming and uh,
0: it's going to be fantastic. Tell, so tell me about that identity and those those the primary and secondary marks for for Hawks Talon and what your process was there.
1: So you can go check it out on uh it's I believe it's 2kleague.mba.com. Uh I'll have to I need to double check on that one, but um you can go there check out Hawks Talon. Uh you can go to my my Instagram and check that out as well. I've got pretty much everything up there <laughs> right now. But so the idea was, one, to create something that was very different from and that was in the same, the same realm of the, you know, of the other gaming, you know, gaming clubs and the other, um, the other thing, because there, there is a look and feel to this that we wanted to keep sure. consistent and understand, sure. but we wanted to do it in our way. So what I did, I said, first of all, um, and this is within maybe five minutes of me getting the job the first thing I said was how married are you guys to that green color you know I, I mean I grew up I grew up in the Matombo era right mm-hmm. so which and I still to this day believe you know the 90s had some really weird uniforms but they had some really awesome ones and one of them had to be uh the, Haw- the Hawks uniforms in the 90s with the uh you know it's got like the like black up top and then that big hawk with the basketball you know just you spreading it
0: you and I might disagree on this a little bit <laughs> I think it's I think it's a fantastic
1: I think for for its time yeah. for its time it was a fantastic logo for that era now once again you know you and I were born the same years you know it's yeah. so obviously you know what is it you know 9 out of 10 people realize, you know, sure. People we asked 9 out of 10 people and or we asked 10 people and 9 out of 10 really agreed the 10th guy should 10th guy should really chill out, <laughs> you know. It's that kind of deal, but at the same time when I saw when I saw the green color, I was you know, that was me, but I'm I'm more of a very classic
0: kind I'm of guy. I'm surprised that you call it green. Uh, it's more it, it feels more like a highlighter yellow to me. Yeah. Well <clears throat> Like we said,
1: 9 out of 10, (laughs) right? But, hey, we're Atlantis. We have very, very strong opinions about certain things. For me, the yellow versus that lime or volt green or whatever, that was was my big thing. So I said, you know, are you guys really married to this? I mean, we can go bonkers with this thing. One of the reasons that they picked me was because that Hawks design. I I did just a little Hawks design just for fun, and that Hawks design is what got me the job just the something i did just for fun and i used the yellow in there and they why why the yellow you know so we got to talk through all that and we decided right then there the first meeting that's the direction we were going to go and i was so stoked so my idea was to kind of take this nice bold uh colors from you know from the um you know from the like the 70s and 80s or whatnot these nice yeah. yellows and, and reds and whatnot and really mix in that really bold uh, black color you know and this whole you know wing spread out attacking thing you know from the 90s era so I got to mix all of that together oh my gosh we went through hundreds of <laughs> variations uh dozens of um presentations i mean it was it was nuts but in the end we settled on and we we didn't settle we won we we freaking won this thing this logo looks fantastic it is sharp it is bold um it's got a beautiful secondary logo to go with it as well the colors were great uh i can't wait for the uniforms to, as of right now the uniforms does not have not been shown to the public yet uh, but they look incredible. You guys are going to flip when you see this. Unfortunately, for, for now, uh, they'll be just just rendered within the game. Will they come out? I don't know. We'll see. It, you know, it, It's kind of a cool waiting thing to, just to see that. Yeah. We just had an absolute blast with it. Um, the finished project is something we're all very proud of. Um, uh, the Hawks a, as a whole are just a phenomenal organization, and uh, I was really privileged to work for them.
0: Where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can go to the Studiotemporary.com uh, if you're looking, if you're more of a social media kind of a person, Instagram, Twitter, I am at Studiotemporary. And if you're ever in the uh, Atlanta, downtown Atlanta area, around the intersection of Ted Turner and Williams Street, um, stop by Switch Arts, grab a cup of coffee, talk some brands, talk some, yep. you know, just whatever. Which you should uh, do anyway. By the exactly, way. you should do that anyway. But if you're gonna come through and you know you wanna you wanna chit chat or whatnot, my door is always open. Um, I enjoy talking to folks. I enjoy uh, hearing their stories. I mean, I was born and raised in the South, so I'm a storyteller myself. But like most, I enjoy listening to them just as much as I do telling them. Right. You know, maybe that's what makes this uh, this industry so perfect for me.
0: Atlanta born and brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media production company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you're looking to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connextatl.com. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also like our Atlanta Born & Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and & Brand and Connects Media... I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see y'all soon.